Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Alita Maxwell with Uplifting Leadership. Welcome, Alita. Thank you so much for having me today. I am very excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Uplifting Leadership. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so we do a couple different things. First and foremost, we provide one-on-one executive coaching to those in leadership roles that would like to develop out their skill sets further. We also launched my first book this past year. Um, It's titled Uplifting Leaders, How to Have Difficult Conversations That Motivate and Inspire. And I'm also launching two brand new uh, courses for those that are either entering the restaurant industry for the first time or those that are in management positions in the restaurant industry, talking all about the soft skills that are needed to be excellent leaders within that industry. So So, we have quite a few things going on. So now what's your backstory? How did you get involved in coaching? Yeah, so prior to coaching, I was a chief human resource officer for a restaurant group here in New York called Dos Toros. I joined the company in 2012 in an HR finance role and grew with them. Um, We had three locations when I joined them in 2012. We grew that up to 22 locations um, and we sold the company at the end of 2019. So I was super fortunate to be on that ride with them. Throughout my time in that position, I found that I truly enjoyed one-on-one coaching. The times that I felt fully settled into my purpose was when I was coaching leaders, when I was um, helping them kind of shed light on either what was their obstacle or how their lack of communication was hurting their team. Um, So that's what I decided to pivot to after we sold that company at the end of 2019. And then you decided to stay within that industry, the hospitality industry? Well, I branched out. My courses are specifically for the hospitality industry right now, but the majority of my coaching clients are not from the hospitality industry. I have clients from um, tech, the tech world, nonprofit sector, as well as retail and um, and technical services. So it's a broad spectrum of clients that I've been lucky enough to partner with. But the learnings from the hospitality, those kind of transferred uh, to other industries you found? Correct. Yeah, the learnings um, have been through the hospitality industry. But what I really realized, especially over the last five or six years, is that the emerging leaders and the leaders um, that were coming up in all industries really suffered from not any of their fault at all, but a lack of development on communication. How do we communicate with each other in an effective, efficient way? How do we tackle some of these subjects that are a little bit crunchy to us? How do we, how can we be vulnerable in our communication and lead with our intentions? And so that's really what captured my interest and and led me to Um, start studying leadership development in communication specifically, and then branch out on my own uh, last year. Now, um, you mentioned 
the importance of communicating effectively. And as I see it, there's a lot of folks who I think they would like to communicate effectively or they think they're communicating effectively, but maybe they're not listening enough or listening well enough to really be hearing what the other person is saying. Mm -hmm. So they might be verbally communicating, but the the other end of the equation of the listening part of it might be inhibiting some of their communications. Do you find that? Yeah, I find that to be the root cause of the issues. Getting curious, I find, is step one to effective communication. Getting curious as to the other person that I'm speaking with, what are their needs? What are their motivations? How can I effectively let them know that we are on the same page? Um, And that also starts with our intentions. I think many people skip over um, any type of thought of what are their intentions in their communication. I found that when I really centered on my intentions and my intentions for every communication that I have is to make sure the person I'm speaking with feels seen, heard, and appreciated. When I can center myself on that communication, I have much better conversations, much better communication points with people. And so when I have gotten curious as to my clients' um, intentions for their communication, I'm often met with some silence, some, oh, I've never thought about that before. When they've gotten clear on their intentions and they're coming from that foundation, I find that people do listen more, do get curious more, really search for the whys. um, And that way they can specifically speak to those whys, speak to those needs when they're having a conversation or communicating in any form. And that tends to turn into better, more effective conversations. Now, you use the word curious. Um, Are you using that because that opens up the conversation and people feel comfortable around the word curious rather than a word like maybe empathetic, where that sounds maybe too clinical? Yes. I mean, that's one of the reasons, but I honestly feel that curiosity is needed to get to the root cause. Oftentimes I find that people have conversations about the symptoms of the issue rather than the root cause of the issue. So one example could be often my clients come to me saying, you know, I'm I'm having a hard time with this employee. We've had the same conversation over and over again. doesn't seem to be getting anywhere. They'll tell me what's been going on and they'll list a lot of symptoms symptoms, right? Late to work or not finishing projects or rushing through projects. And so I'll start asking questions, getting curious again as to what is the root cause? Why why does this employee seem to um, not be engaged? And I find that oftentimes my clients haven't gotten curious. They're dealing with the root co- or they're dealing with the symptoms. They're having conversations on lateness. They're having conversations on not finishing projects, but they haven't done the digging to figure out what is the the root of that issue? Um, once they get really curious, then they figure out the root and then they can have the conversation about what's causing all of this rather than having conversations about symptoms. Um, so I do find that curiosity is what's needed for us to really hear what's at play with other people when we're having conversations. If we go in with our checklist of things that we want to talk about, we're not giving a lot of space for that curiosity that I find is truly helpful when having effective conversations. Now, do, do you ever get kind of brought in and they say something like, I need you to fix Bill? Bill, yes. Bill is a problem. There's a lot of fixing that's needed, I find. Fix Bill. And then you start talking to Bill and you're like, 
maybe it's the problem isn't with Bill, but the guy who hired me is the problem. Yeah, there tends to be a lot more um, shared blame than some people would like to acknowledge. Um, yeah, I, I I have to give space to that when I when I'm brought in. So typically, when I'm brought in to help fix somebody, quote unquote, I will ask if the person that's bringing me in is also open to having some discussions at the beginning of our engagement as well as the end, um, so we can get into what I am sure will be a whole host of issues that are not necessarily just tied to the employee. Now, uh, what caused you to write the book? Was it you were just getting asked these questions or you were kind of having this a similar conversation with multiple people and you're like, you know, maybe I should just write down all these answers in one place so that I can just hand them up the book? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. But what I was finding over the last, like I said, five, six years was the same type of issues coming up, same um same scenarios being played over and over again, where I found that this could be helpful for others. And really what got me to write the book was um, my son had recently come home when I was mulling over writing the book. Somebody had suggested it and I was thinking, I'm not a writer. I don't know if I want to take on that challenge. My son came home and he was uh, 12 at the time. And he said to me that he got a bad grade on a science project. He was really upset about that. So I was coaching him through how to have that conversation with his science teacher. So he had his points ready. He was ready to go have that conversation. Next morning, I wished him well. That afternoon, he came back from school and he let me know that um, his science teacher told him to just email him, that he didn't have time to have that conversation. And it really hit me upside the head in that moment because it was like, oh yeah, no wonder I have so many people on my team or that I've worked with that have been uncomfortable having these conversations. Um, so they either rush into them and say what they want to say and, and leave, or they completely avoid these conversations um, to their detriment because they probably have not been given opportunities. Here my son is, 12 years old, being denied an opportunity to practice his skill set having a difficult conversation because he's told to just email. How many other emerging leaders have been denied that ability to practice the these, um, these skills that we all need to be really successful because they've been told, oh, just email me or, oh, just text me. And so it really triggered me in that moment to sit down and commit to writing this book because I do feel that so many people have not been given the opportunity to practice this skill set. Now, do you find that, um, especially with younger people, they are uh, a lot of times more comfortable texting or um, email, even not even emailing, but not talking or not um, kind of Zooming? Do you find that it is it even possible to have these kind of level of depth of conversations in that manner? Or is this something that requires some level of kind of human to human in real time, either, you know, through... Uh, Zoom or through a phone call, but some sort of a human to human interaction rather than a texting little sentence fragments back and forth. Yeah, I do find that emailing or texting takes away some of the nuance that's needed to have an effective conversation. You don't get the person's voice. You don't get the person's um tone when you're texting them or emailing them, which leads to some assumptions, I find, that space of 
of, I don't know how they're reacting towards me, but I'm going to go ahead and project <laughs> onto them, I find leads to some upset feeling. So I have never seen a difficult conversation go well via text or email. I've seen a lot of times I have been brought in to help settle down um, a conversation because it was tried or attempted via text and email and went awry. Um, we're not able to get curious as curious in text or um, email. And again, that tone of voice I find is so important for just that awareness check to make sure that what I just said, said landed well with you and to take responsibility for how it landed. It's very tough to do that via text and email. Now, um, if you can kind of help a person get better at this, I would imagine that it has a real an opportunity where it could have an impact that can transform an organization in terms of uh, the impact that leader is making on the organization. If they can be a better communicator, a more inspiring leader, that that has a ripple effect throughout the entire uh, organization. Yeah, no, it really does. And that's why I get so giddy when I'm um, working with my clients, because this skill set I think is so important and does have such a profound impact on the organization. I find that so many assumptions are made um, when some of my clients leave a lot of space. So they're not vulnerable, maybe with their team, or they're not letting their team in on all their thoughts and plans for what's coming ahead. Um, when we can get really, really good at communicating with our team, laying out our vision, um, and being crystal clear as to what we need to be able to accomplish our vision and what we're willing to do for our team to help them meet our expectations and accomplish the vision, that's where some profound things can come from that. Um, some of my clients have been able to do some amazing things once they were able to see that it does hinge on their communication ability. Now, do you find that some leaders kind of, I don't want to say dismiss, but maybe don't emphasize or prioritize these kind of soft skill development, and then they tend to kind of just think it's not that important. But I would imagine that this, if, if you get this right, this can really help an organization grow. Yeah, you know, I have not run into too many leaders that have told me this isn't a huge priority, but what I found is that so many leaders don't make the time for this. And so it tends to fall on the lower priority just because it's not something that you can easily check off. So many times I find leaders are just so stretched with things that they have to do. Making time for effective communication, they might not see as something that is easy. They might not see it as something that can easily be scratched off a to-do bucket. Um, and so many entrepreneurs that I've worked with are full of energy and want to be doers. And some of being an effective communicator means slowing down, means taking a bit more time with somebody. And so that's where I think um, they falter because it, it is a bit more of an investment in time up front um, that some entrepreneurs might not find they have the time quote unquote for. Um, but most that I speak with do understand that this is a skill set that if they could um, build it out would help them immensely. It's just making the time for it. Now, is, is something that's holding them back the fact that it may be difficult to measure that you're getting better at it? 
That is one thing. Again, it's it's very hard to to check this off as this is a skill that I've done. Um, and so many people that I have found really want that tangible. Well, how can I score myself to your point? How can I see that I've improved upon this? And there's you know there's definitely metrics that you can use to see that you've improved upon this, but it does take a bit more of that time investment. Now, uh, let's get back to your book for a second, um, How to Have Difficult Conversations That Motivate and Inspire. What is an example of a difficult conversation that you can, that our listener can kind of learn from here, maybe give them some pointer, some low-hanging fruit or an easy or an easier way to kind of deal with it? Yeah, so I'll... I'll bring up one that a couple of my clients are actually dealing with right now. Um, Getting curious as to what motivates their team. So I have a lot of people that are clients that are struggling with succession planning, struggling with figuring out kind of the map for their team to improve, develop, and be promoted to fill in some higher level positions. And I find that so many of my clients and, and people that I speak to skip over that initial conversation with their teammate to find out what is the specific goals and motivations for that team member? What do they want? Um, what are their some of their dreams and their bigger goals? And how can the company help them meet them? Um, or what development could they be put on so that they can meet their goals and the company could eventually have that vision aligned? Um, again, it comes down to that initial conversation, getting super curious, having that conversation as to map out the plan for their team member and then solidifying it with some accountability and action steps. I find that so many people spend so much time um, doing succession planning, building out these amazing development plans without first sitting down with that teammate and finding out what, again, motivates them and what their goals are. So that's one difficult conversation that I don't find difficult, but I'm sensing and seeing from a lot of people that I work with that they skip over uh, because they might not be comfortable having it. Now, what are some of the symptoms that your uh, soon-to-be client is having where Alita is the solution? What What's kind of going on in that organization where that leader might uh, want to or maybe they should hire you or somebody on your team to at least have a conversation to learn more? Yeah, I find that a lot of um, people feel stuck in their role. They're unhappy for whatever reason. There could have been change to their team recently where the organizational chart got um, switched around a bit, or maybe they brought in new people and they're trying to figure out how do they fit with this new team? How does this work together? How can they be cohesive with this new team? I'm really, I love helping my clients navigate Um, political turmoil within their company or hierarchy changes and figuring out how they can best support all of their teammates while accomplishing the company's vision. So that is definitely one aspect that I love partnering with clients to help them navigate. Another one is simply how do I build out my own leadership competencies and make sure that my team is also constantly building out their leadership competencies. So many, I find, entrepreneurs and executives 
had a goal, they strive for that goal, they reach their goal. And then once they're in that position, feel a bit lost. They've attained the position and now what comes next? And I love working with those individuals to put together an action plan for what do they want this position to do for them? How do they truly want to enjoy this position? And how can this build into um, the next steps for their career as well? If there's an executive out there or a leader of an organization that wants to up-level their, uh, themselves or their team, uh, what is the website for Uplifting Leadership? It is simply www.upliftingleadership.com, and they can also reach me at alita at upliftlead.com. Well, Alita, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 